You're listening to the Adventist on Fire podcast, aofire.org. So here we have a long recording from a year or two ago when Blake and I were working on another project very similar to this AO Fire podcast. But um, anyways, I had a listen again, and we may have got a little bit carried away. We were clearly having some fun. So I hope you have some fun too while learning something useful. I really do hope you learned something useful in there. Uh, maybe you can let us know what you liked and what you'd like to hear more of or less of either way. And uh, just a note that some of the links or websites or resources or things mentioned in this may not actually exist anymore. And uh, when we're talking about a certain bookshop over and over again, it's uh, just actually the name of our local ABC store uh, near us. So anyways, enjoy. Okay, welcome to the podcast. Um, I'm here with Kyle. Woo! And my name is Blake, and we are coming at you with how to give a Bible study. Indeed, how to give a Bible study, something that we all should do, but few of us actually do, myself included. And why do we not do it? Because, well, I I think one of the reasons we don't do it is it's like fear holds us back. Like, what if we do it wrong? What if it's not the right thing? You tell me why you didn't give Bible studies when you were 20 years old, and I'll tell you why I didn't give Bible studies when I was 20 years old. Well, when I was 20 years old, I didn't believe in God and I was on drugs and alcohol. That's a good reason not to give a Bible study. <laughs> so that's the reason. Um, and then once I, once I got into uh, the church and once I decided to um, give my heart to Jesus, like I wanted to give Bible studies, but what held me back is I was afraid that I didn't know what I was talking about. For sure. And I think that's where, that's the reason why I didn't give a Bible study. I knew some stuff. I was brought up in the church my whole life, but why would I go and share that with anyone else? That's embarrassing. Like, what if they ask a question that I can't answer? Yeah, that's true. But I, honestly, once once you start giving Bible studies and once you, once you start um, finding out questions that you don't know the answers to, you are beginning to become more able to give Bible studies. So, like, really the only way to get good at Bible studies is Giving Bible studies. To give it a start. That's right. So we'll launch straight into it. Let's get into the content. We are all equals. Did you know that? We are all equals. Relationship before revelation. I know you love this point, Blake. I'll let you speak to it. Absolutely, man. Relationship before revelation. You got to focus on the people. Like if I walked up to you on the streets and I was like, hey, bro, do you want to do a Bible study? Um, and we had never met. We have no relationship. And so Bible study is like the last thing on my plate to do with you because I'm like, wait, get on my face. You're creeping me out. Mm. So you got to focus on building relationships with people first mm. and then revelation comes second. Not now, not that Bible study is only revelation, but I love alliteration. So relationships and revelation go together. And I wouldn't say there's exceptions to that rule, but there is situations where the relationship is far less. I'm thinking about door knocking. Well, but there's still a relationship. Yeah. You're still creating a connection. You're not just saying, you're not just knocking on the door and saying, hey, we've never met. Would you like to have a Bible study? Yeah, there's usually some lead-in questions and some background to it. Exactly. And even successful literature evangelists, they don't just go in and say, let me sell you um, the Bible right away. Like they come in and they create a, even like a 30-second relationship. And once there's something established there, it's so much more easy to go in uh, to a Bible study later on. Mm. Apologies for the loud thunder in the background. Yeah, that's you, true. You get that on the big jobs. So we've got the woman at the well, 
Let's some biblical examples of this concept. Yeah, the woman at the well is a perfect example of of Jesus going and meeting this woman where she's at. Um, she has expectations of who this guy is. Mm. He kind of just like implodes and explodes all of her expectations all at once. And she realizes, wow, this Jesus guy is totally different than what I thought the Messiah would be. And she's so excited about it that she goes and tells pretty much all of her friends and family and neighbors to come back and meet this guy. And it wasn't because he like expanded some like prophetic biblical truth, but it's because he built the relationship with her right off the bat and, and was able to connect with her in a way that no one else could. The other story I'm thinking of is Zacchaeus. So here we've got a grubby tax collector who... (laughs) I love the word grubby. 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 Grubby tax collector who is trying to get a glimpse of Jesus. He goes to great lengths because he doesn't have his own great lengths. He climbs a tree. True. Jesus recognizes this and offers to go to his house to eat. So there's obviously some cultural significance here of... A preacher, teacher, a rabbi going to the house of a grubby tax collector. Yeah, that's true. I, it, you, I just think of that, the, the wee little man was he. I, I don't even know if that's how the song goes, but those are the lyrics. And like, he's like this, this guy who just shouldn't even be in the same like realm mm. as Jesus. And Jesus is just like, let's be friends, dude. So this would be like a corrupt ATO officer or maybe an, an IRS agent. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, like an IRS, like an auditor. But an corrupt, IRS, corrupt. Yeah. Like an IRS auditor that like comes in and audits people's businesses and he says, hey, for a grandy, I will make these books clean. We do not suggest doing that if you work for the IRS or ATO. And then we've got the example of Jesus saying, let the little children come unto me. Favorite example uh, I love this because I am a teacher myself, a primary school teacher. And when you create that atmosphere, that vibe, that relationship with with kids and with students and they feel safe to come and talk to you about anything, when they're, when you create a, a relationship that, that children come and feel safe uh, around you and to talk to you about things, like when you build those kind of relationships, you can talk about anything. And so... Jesus is saying, like, unless you are like a little child, um, the kingdom of heaven is basically not for you. Mm. And so if we are like little children and we create these relationships with people like little children in the sense that we're open, we're approachable, we're fun, we want to have a relationship with that person, then people are like, wow, I just want to hang out with you. Like, I just want to go play games with you. I just want to go have a good time with you. And let's do a Bible study. So we can all think of those people in our church that are maybe just a little bit awkward to be around. Their social filter was blown out long ago and nobody's changed that filter. (laughs) Yeah. And, but still everyone needs Bible studies, you know, like you yourself need a Bible study. Uh, I need Bible studies. And like, and if you don't go and ask those people, you, you're you going to miss out on, on giving an opportunity to give a Bible study. Asking, that's a good point. Let's flesh that out. If you don't ask, you may never get to give a Bible study. Yeah. Because well, it's, it's not like I'm going to 
if I'm a shy person, I'm not going to come up to you and go, oh, so uh, mm, do you want to give me a Bible study maybe? <laughs> and just, even if you did, I would feel weird. It like, would be, it would. If, if you came up to me and were like, uh, yeah, I was thinking uh, maybe Bible study. <laughs> getting, getting to the impressions tonight. This is good. <laughs> no, no, but not everyone's going to ask for a Bible study. We need to be... Um, I would actually go on a, a limb like... 90% of people are not going to ask for Bible study. So you need to be intentional and you need to have a target audience of like your friends and the people that you can go create relationships with. That's good. With. Some solid statistics there. I like that. Yeah. I just made that up off the top of my head. So it's scientific. Awesome. <laughs> a guy told me once that it was true. Create opportunities to share your faith. So we've got to create these opportunities. If we simply, if I spent the rest of my life hanging out with you, Blake, I would probably not get many opportunities to share my faith, give a Bible study to somebody else. No, you wouldn't. And if you... Let's, let's, let's get that a bit wider. If I spent the rest of my life hanging out with my friends from church, from the youth group, or the slightly too old for youth group, I would probably not get a chance to have a Bible study with anybody else outside the church. Absolutely. You will, you will not. So and how am I going to fix this? You need to break out of your bubbles. Ooh. Exactly. Like right there, you just like... You're in a little bubble and you just like, I'm just imagining like I'm back in the womb and you know, like when you, <laughs> when you kick your feet out or your arms out and like it pokes out the mom's stomach mm. and then the mom like pokes the, the foot back in. Well, not this time. We're just going to explode out. Now that's probably not a healthy thing that's happening because then sh the mom will have to go to the hospital. But anyway, should we mention some wombs by name like Corinne Bong? <laughs> maybe yeah. a, maybe a historical worm battle creek oh yeah um or loma linda yeah or like uh i'm thinking angwin california with pacific union college or um in maryland where the general conference is or there's so many like little community little warunga, <laughs> warunga yeah but, but the truth is within each of these places there are a number of unchurched people yeah, that's true. But I think when we're saying break out of your bubbles, we're not saying like um, go off into a far country. You have to go to another country to go and do a Bible study. We're just saying break out of your social circles. That's it. Awesome. So how do we do that, Kyle? Yeah. How do we break out of our social circles? What can we go do? Perfect. So there's often a lot of times that we aren't using for this purpose, like Sunday brunch. Um, I know that I have Sunday brunch sometimes with a group of friends and I know that it is not evangelistic whatsoever. It is very self-centered, which is okay. <laughs> I love it's, your honesty. It's good to have some fun and good to have friends, but what's wrong with inviting some other people to that Sunday brunch every now and then? Yeah. Just, just widening our circles a little bit. Instead of just having Sunday brunch with only our little social circle, breaking out and, and meeting new people. I like that. I like the idea of like, if you're at a workplace, um, attending like work socials, um, going there, even if you're not going there because you really enjoy work, but going there with the intention of I'm going to create some relationships because my end game is going to go and do some Bible studies with some people for sure. So like have a plan. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the other thing is to invite these people to church socials. Oh, so, mm. so you go to where they go and then you say, hey, come check out this place where I go with the intention of, 
I'm going to do a Bible study with you later on, but don't break that. Don't, don't just like drop bombs like that right away, but doing that with the intention of let's build this relationship. We have a very valuable asset in our social circles and in our networks of people that hang out with each other, with each other constantly. And to be able to invite somebody along on that journey is going to be pretty cool for some people who, who just simply don't have that many friends, who don't have that many socials on a regular occurrence. Absolutely. People want to, want to be loved and they want to love. Like when you are, are fulfilling that desire, that human emotion, that human desire to be, to be long to a community and when you invite other people into that community and you're accepting and you're caring and you're loving you're creating opportunities for lifelong relationships that are awesome. Awesome. So Eduardo from work has come around to your church social. He's hung out with you for a few weeks. You think he's ripe for the asking. You muster up the energy and the confidence to be able to ask him for a Bible study. And he says, yes. Oh, no. What now? What next? I'm so scared. <laughs> First thing to do. Tell me. I would right then and there, like if if you if you've actually pulled it off and you're at the social, you're at the thing, and you've asked, and you're right there, and Eduardo's there. Eduardo, yeah, Eduardo's there. Like, Eduardo, I'm really pumped that you said yes to this Bible study. Um, Hey, what is a time and a place that works for you? Mm, Locking it in. Mm -hmm. Calendar. Yeah, straight away. Don't ask. Hey, can I come over on Wednesday? Because then on Wednesday. Well, actually, I have something completely different on Wednesday and you can't come over. I like Eduardo's voice. But get your calendar out. Pull your phone out of your pocket straight away. Whammy. Get it in your calendar. Get it in his calendar. Don't delay. It may never happen. You're right. If you don't do it right then and there, it may, it may not happen ever. But even if you do it right then and there, you may have to reschedule again. But yeah. the, the key is don't say, are you free this day or are you free that day? You ask them, when are you free? Hmm. And then, okay. then they have to give you a, a tangible answer. Awesome. So we've locked it in for next Wednesday. And I think I've got here, it would be smart to send them a reminder. So I'm suggesting a reminder a few days before, just so that they've got their heads up, just so they can see it coming. So I've got here, send a reminder a few days before and then send them a reminder like the day before or the morning of. So they've got plenty of warning. It's happening. It's coming. I haven't forgotten. It is going ahead. No last minute pulling out. And I think, too, when you send a reminder, it lets them know that, one, you're serious, and two, that they're important. That's right. They're thinking about them. Yeah, they're important enough for you to send a reminder, and they are important enough for you to spend time out of your busy schedule because you care about them as a person. Like That means so much to a person. And and before we keep going there, I, I want us to take a step back. I don't know if we really covered it perfectly. Like when you ask for a Bible study, like a lot of times that can come out of a conversation. Okay. So if you are in a conversation like about, well, did you see that crazy earthquake that happened uh, just recently? Um, I wonder why all these earthquakes are happening. Well, you know, there's actually an answer for that in the Bible, you know, like finding common topics that are happening around the world and, and things that are of interest to everyone involved and try to uh, correlate those with um, Bible topics and then and try to integrate them with like Bible study um, guides as well or like Bible study topics that you guys can go over. So instead instead of answering that question, like, oh man, why do you go to church on Saturday? Like, what's up with that? Like, oh, well, actually, 
all, I, there's a really good reason we do that. But instead of trying to explain it right there, I'd love to do a Bible study with you sometime if, if you would like. And, and then they say, yes, I, yes, I would like to. When is a good time for you? And then, and then you can say, well, yeah, when is a good time for you? Like, let's make a time and a date right now. And it's understandable. We all get busy. We all have things come up. But one of the worst things you could do is to simply ignore it and not show up and not make contact again. You've just lost an opportunity. Because if you do that, what you're saying with your actions is you're saying, you are not important to me. Mm. You're not singing it so much, but you're certainly saying it. (laughs) You are not important to me. Very good. So we've locked him in for next Wednesday. We've given him warning. We're coming. It's definitely happening. His wife has even made some dinner. Awesome. I love dinner. What have you got to do (laughs) in between now and there? I also like lunch. Um... That's a really good point. What do you do? Like, do you just sit back and relax and hope that the Bible study goes good? (laughs) No, I don't think so. Um, Probably first things first. Obviously, we talked about this in a previous episode, um, but prayer. Prayer is a powerful thing. And I think we could could stretch prayer out so much. Like, prayer is so important in your life as, as an Adventist, as a Christian, as a follower of Christ. You've got to be praying all the time. Other practical things that you can do um, with a prayer in your devotional life, but you gotta you gotta um, pick something to study. Hmm. Okay, yeah. So pick a topic, and once you have that topic, maybe go and see if there's already a study guide that has already been made, so you don't have to like reinvent the wheel. That's right. So you could use a study guide. You could possibly use a DVD resource that already has that covered. Media is certainly an area that uh, is very acceptable and very easy. It breaks down barriers pretty quick if you can throw a DVD on and then discuss it rather than, so let's open this King James leather-bound Bible. I love King James, don't get me wrong, but you're right. Media, when you're trying to reach people in the world, what do people do? They like watch YouTube videos. They watch DVDs in their home entertainment theater systems that are like so big. Like I've gone to people's houses... I have gone to people's houses that have like movie theaters in their home. No way. I have. I've actually been in these places (laughs) and it's like people are all about media these days. And so if you can find an avenue to meet them where they're at, but that's biblically based and has some content and some value in it, then like people are gonna be like, whoa, this is so cool. Awesome. Rewind. You said they're YouTube. Get on YouTube and have a look at that topic. If this is something that people do regularly to figure things out, let's have a look at what they're consuming. So let's say, for example, that your topic is going to be on sex before marriage. I don't know if you'd ever pick that as your first topic, but let's say it is. (laughs) Well, you know, it uh, definitely could happen. You got to be prepared for anything. It's probably a terrible example when talking about the internet, but jump on. I was just (laughs) thinking, I was like, you don't want to jump on the internet and be like sex before marriage, but jump on YouTube. And yeah. research your topic, maybe not that topic, <laughs> on YouTube, and just see what's out there. No, I, I think maybe sex before marriage in a biblical context, or in a, in a is it okay for Christians to have sex before marriage? Like, go and see what the internet is pushing um, before you go, and because that way it can help you come up with ideas of what maybe they're they're thinking or or where they're at on this topic as well now in terms of resources we've actually got a few value bombs to drop right here blake we've we've compiled a short list 
certainly not an extensive list. This, this, we could talk for hours on resources alone. I know. And if this is something that you actually I want, to. want more information on out there, you listeners, if you want more information on this, let us know. Give us some feedback and we can look into that. I want to talk for hours on resources, Kyle. We don't have hours. I need to. <laughs> Later. Okay. So initially, you're going to need a Bible. Talking about resources, you're going to need a Bible. You may not know if they have a Bible or not, so take two just in case. Boom. If you're using a Bible in your study, take two, preferably the same. You can tell them the page number. They can go straight to it. I was just going to say that. Whatever you do, don't have... If you're going to study from the NIV, if you're going to study from the KJV or the NKJV or the NLT or the ESV or the... JLF. Whatever it is, make sure that you guys have the same Bible. Because like that's like the most confusing. If you've never, if this person's never had a Bible study, and they're like, "Well, my Bible says thus," and what happens when you get to the verse that's in one and is missing in the other translation? Yeah, you don't want to do that. <laughs> that's going to make be sure. Make don't sure into, you have. Don't get into that conversation. No, we don't want to get into that conversation. But we want to make sure that you guys are on the same page. Okay, awesome. so whatever Bible that you want to choose to study with, you know, I prefer NKJV personally. And the reason why is because it's the most readily accessible Bible. Like that's the one that's everywhere. Let's talk about a few of our favorite Bibles. Okay. You go first. Okay. I've got to just start my absolute favorite Bible. It's right here. Um, actually, can you pass that to me? Uh, I want to just read it. Okay. This is the amazing facts Prophecy Study Edition Holy Bible in KJV. It has filled literally with so much amazing content. But in <laughs> oh, that's a pun. Amazing, amazing. content and amazing <laughs> facts. But one of the things that is it's invaluable is it has the amazing facts study guides in the Bible. So everywhere you take this Bible. You have the Amazing Facts Bible Study Guides with you. Um, and they're they're really good Bible study guides as well. Awesome. My favorite is the Remnant Study Bible. I can't count the amount of times that I've been sitting in a small group study and everyone will be trying to flesh out a verse and you'll just be able to put your hand up slowly and go, well, actually, Ellen White has this to say about that verse. Boom. It's, 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 <laughs> boom. Microphone drop. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> So that's an awesome Bible. We've also got the Andrew's Study Bible. That's well loved. Um, yeah, no, I love Andrew's Study Bible with the notes in there. I don't know if it has like a study guide in the back, but it's got some pretty awesome stuff. Some really good scholars put that together. Certainly has a lot of uh, the chain link referencing and, and stuff that you can use. Yeah. Now, if that sounds like too much work, actually compiling your own Bible study, there's actually a number of resources that already have this done. Um, there's a few online resources. We've got Bible Gateway. There's eSword. Uh, sorry, Bible Gateway, first off, that is just an awesome website that is just very easy to use, very user-friendly, just a search bar, type in your topic. It's got some topical studies. It's got multiple versions. And we'll put that in the show notes as well, but it's literally Bible Gateway. Just you go on Google and you type in Bible Gateway and it's like the first thing that comes up. Esword. Esword is like an online study program. You can compile Bible studies. You can do a bit of word searching and descriptions of words and you also, I'm pretty sure you can download it either yeah. as like an application yep. or like a desktop program. A little, a little bit dated, but certainly useful. Super powerful. Some super powerful preachers have used that to compile their studies. There is, the church has Beyond the Search DVD series. This is a uh, Adventist media network here in Australia has produced this. I love Beyond the Search. Like it is just, 
it's just awesome. Some pretty classy stuff. It is just great. Like it is so easy because you can just hand the person that you've created this social relationship with you. Hey, check this DVD out, man. Like it's really good. Well, I think I will. Thank you for this DVD. Now, the thing that people often forget or don't know is that they actually have Bible study guides to the topics discussed in the episode. So not only can you oh, yeah, watch true. Not only can you watch the episode, you can actually do a study on the episode. There's it's actually like extra a guided study in in the DVD in the extra features. So don't miss that point. You can actually sit down and watch that with somebody and then go through the extra features with somebody, simply being with them and being taught by the DVD. Actually, to be honest, that's a pretty great way to start. Like if that's you a- are just like super, super afraid to just walk into someone's house and do a Bible start or have someone walk into your house and do one, slap one of these bad boys on, get it going, watch it together, and you can... As long as you don't watch bad boys after you. Yeah, no, not 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 bad boys, the movie. I mean, sorry, okay. this is my vernacular there. I just slap one of these uh, Beyond the Search oh, DVDs good. on, gotcha. and it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> There's 14 of them, too, if they like them. You can get through the whole box set. I think they're... Only like $25 for the whole box set. Am I wrong? Yeah. You're slightly wrong. I think they're 30 or 40 Australian dollars, which is about $2 American, I think. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know. With the the transfer rate. I'm still trying to figure that out. Beyond the Search DVD. Uh, So that's a good one. Uh, Search for Certainty. That's an awesome study. I've actually used this one a few times in a group Bible study recently. It is super simple to use. It's called The Search for Certainty. It's uh, about 21 different guides in a white paper envelope available at Better Books and Food and your ABCs, um, Book and Bible Houses, all the good places. (laughs) And uh, this 21-set series comes in this white envelope and you just whip them out, do them one by one. Just follow through. It's got all the text there ready to go. And you basically just open up your Bible, go to the verse and answer the question. You read the next paragraph, you open the Bible, you answer the question. It's basic. It's easy. And it's very informative. Very good. I I think that's really good to have stuff like that. Another one that I really like, um, I just recently purchased this just because, just out of curiosity. Um, It's by a guy who once ate dinner at my house. (laughs) And then he got really mad at me because I got really sick and... (laughs) I then accidentally got his wife really sick and then we both like puked for like 48 hours. <laughs> I'm sorry. And his name's Ty Gibson. I'm sorry, oh, Ty. I love sorry, you, man. Ty. You bring your beautiful wife to Australia <laughs> and poisoned her. Well, I got poisoned too. I don't know what happened. It was only her and I though. And I mm. feel really bad. Like that story to this day, I feel terrible about. Yeah. I but- feel really glad that it was only you two and not me as well. <laughs> you were there too though. Yeah. Well, let me just say as, as a way to say sorry, I will now promote... Ty Gibson's Truth Link Bible awesome. Study Series because it's awesome. It like I, I read it, it and it's it's really cool, really well written actually. Ty, and Good you'd work. be able to grab that from Better Books and Food. Yeah, yeah, I think Better Books and Food does it. I was actually going to say Light Bears, but well, anyways. it is Light Bears, Light we'll, Bears, but Better. I we'll, got mine at Better Books and Food. All right, sweet. Well, you can go there. We'll link you to it in the show notes. There's also um, Change My Life Study Guides, which are. And Oz, let's call it an Aussie adaptation. Aussie, mate. Aussie, mate. So I don't need the accent. You don't even need to I've do that, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> Change my life study guide. So this is um, this is uh, truth link in the Aussie vernacular, to steal your large word there, Blake. Oh, there we go. And uh, that one there is available through a website for free, in fact, for Bible Contacts. 
changemylife.com.au, I think it is. We'll link you to it in the show notes. Oh, man. I love show notes. They're so handy. Uh, Okay. I want to talk about this book. This book is the book, man. I love this book. And it's my boy, Mark Finley. (laughs) Study together. It's like a little red book. Yes. And it's amazing. It has like gold letters on it. And it has... It's like... (laughs) People come and ask you like questions and they try to like stump you and you're like, Whoosh, Mark Finley. Now, actually, I that I, was me by that. That noise, by the way, was me whipping that book out of my back pocket. I saw the actions. It's yeah, true. I just wanted to explain it. I actually um, agree with you wholeheartedly. And I actually own a black leather bound edition of this book that just happened to show up on the secondhand book rack cost me next to nothing oh i better books and food yeah oh i love that place with the five five dollars for a kilo <laughs> of books so you got that book in black leather i need to i'm I gonna previously go had three of these books, books there and as soon as i bought it i would find somebody that needed it more than i did and they'd pay me for it and i went through three or four books and then i happened to get a black leather edition and people stopped asking so i still got my black leather edition man i i'm not as good of a businessman as you because like i literally every time i bought one someone was like i need this book and i was like <sighs> reluctantly like here you go <laughs> i've i've actually gone through three as well but is, i'm going to start saying like book. go get yours at better books and food it's such a good book uh, you need to get that one now why do you need to get that one this uh, this one actually has an, a bunch of information in it you can actually look up another religion and have a look at what you have in common with another religion yeah. and the points that you're going to talk about and the things that they're going to ask you and the and the the biblical facts that you have to share with them specifically relating to their religion. Super important. It's, it's all mapped out for you. It's probably one of the best resources for creating meaningful relationships with other people and doing Bible studies. Definitely. Now, for power users, I've got this one here for power users, Logos Bible Software. We are somewhat forced to download this here at Avondale College in a uh, (laughs) ministerial degree of sorts, Um, but it is an awesome package. And I've actually got a few friends who genuinely enjoy spending time on Logos and building Bible studies by themselves. So I remember uh, a friend of mine here did a word study on burning he did a word study on burning okay and love and how it is that god wants you to burn in hell for the rest of your life that doesn't make any sense <laughs> no it doesn't but he ties that back into the fact that god's love is a consuming fire and god wants us all to be consumed in his fire for eternity and it is his consuming fire that burns up those who aren't going to be with us. So he constructs this awesome Bible study using Logos Bible software and the word studies and the, and the package. It's a really awesome software. Wow. You just kind of like, I thought you were going down this one road and I was like, what are you saying, Kyle? And then you just were like, boomerang. And you came That was an Australian reference. Boomerang. Good one. (laughs) So, uh, this, this next point is uh, <laughs> going to be difficult for us to speak to because it's something we are terrible at. I know. I was just thinking, um, I feel bad saying what we're about to say, but we need to say it. I better say it. You should. Stay on topic. Okay, I will. Stay oh, are topic. you talking to me or is that the next point? Both. Okay. Yeah. Both. So it's often, <laughs> well, we know it's easy to get distracted. We actually uh, sat down to start this about four hours ago. Sorry. 
So stay on the topic because it's easy to get distracted. Um, or sidetracked. Now, guess what, Blake? If a new topic comes up, what are we going to do with that new topic? I want to answer it right now, right now, right then. I'm going to answer every question that they give. Wrong answer. <sighs> that is a new Bible study. If they have a question that's off topic, perfect opportunity to say, I'll answer that for you next week. Let's lock it in. Yeah. I'm going to study it. I'm going to make sure I answer it properly. I want to get the resources right. There you go. Because you, you don't want to do an info overload. Like I am, mm. I, that's my problem, man. Like I'm always on info overload and then I can't retain in, anything because I can't focus on the one thing. It's almost like we need an noticed. outlet for this information. Yeah. Like, <laughs> a, like a podcast. <laughs> that was a pun, man. That was like a dad joke. Wow, I'm funny. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of this, what you just said, we need to stay on topic because of time. Mm. We actually have to be on time for the Bible study. That's right. Punctuality is key to being taken seriously. Absolutely. Like, just showing them that you take them seriously. Yeah, because what you're doing is if you show up... Okay, for example... If you show up late to a job interview, what are you saying to the person who's giving the interview? That you don't really care for the job. Yeah. Well, this, if you show up late to your own wedding, what are you saying to your future spouse? You're pretty keen. <laughs> well, not exactly. I That's don't think your future spouse is going to be like, I'm so excited that you came that, after I walked down the aisle. Is that why the bride is always late? I don't know. Because she's not that keen. No, that was a really <laughs> lame joke. Okay. <laughs> Always crack the code. Always crack the code. <laughs> you can tell I'm single. Don't be early. That's another point. You don't want to be early. Because okay. if you're early and they're still rushing about that's cleaning like, their house. That's the opposite. It is the opposite. That's like being too keen. Oh, man. This you don't want to be too keen. That's a bit too interested. You want to be... Well, the husband's always early to the wedding, isn't he? Yeah, that's true. He is a little bit too keen. <laughs> trying to jump right into the honeymoon vase. Discovered something big here on Osvenist. Ah. <sighs> Wow, that's that was crazy. That was insightful. That was. But no, you're right. Like we got to be um we got to be taken seriously about the Bible setting. We have to take it seriously to show up on time. We don't want to be too early, we don't want to be too late. And if you're going to be late, what should I do? You should probably phone. Yeah. Or or give a text. Yeah. Just yeah. let them know. Let them know that you're thinking about them. You're not just passing them off. Yeah. So, culturally time sensitive is the other thing that we need to touch on culturally time sensitive. This can go a number of ways. This can go a number of ways, but you will understand because you are the one that has this relationship with them, what their culture is and what is appropriate. And if you don't know, then you better just be on time. Yeah. But if this person, if, if it's, if it's impolite for you to show up on time, then you better be five minutes late. <laughs> That's true. Or, an hour late or something yeah. like that. But you just got to know the culture. Like It's sort of like this one time that you and I, Blake, happened to be in the Solomon Islands. Yeah. And we were waiting for a truck that was due to arrive at 3 o'clock. Wow. And they sent something else. At that about was the time that I almost got eaten. 7, 8, 9. Uh, it was like 9.30 at night. 9.30. They showed up yeah. eventually. So just just be aware. Different cultures have different customs. And that's fine. Just be aware of them. I feel like I just dropped a crazy bomb about the time that I almost got eaten and how you actually saved my life, but we'll have to tell that story another time. That is definitely another podcast. If you want to hear that podcast. See, I'm getting sidetracked. If you want to hear that podcast, send us an email. We will talk about it. Put that in the comment. I want to tell that story, but I have to keep going. In counseling, maybe. (laughs) 
grow your audience. If you are sitting in a house, this is the next point. If you are sitting in a house and you have locked in the Bible study with Eduardo and Eduardo's six kids are forced to go to bed early rather than sit up and listen to the Bible study, here's probably a good time for you to make a polite suggestion that you would love to have it with all seven of them at the same time. Wow. That would be, that is actually a really good idea, Kyle. Hmm. Like literally that is a good idea because I don't know who said this, but I'm just going to go and drop this quote. But like if you and a statistic uh, to match it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> if you win the children, you win the family. Yeah. I mean, that's that's powerful. That's deep. Like when you win the kids uh, hearts like the parents are soon to follow. Um, I believe that was Jay and Andrews. Um, that was his methodology in like spreading the word throughout Europe is like reaching children. And if you have the opportunity to do a Bible study in someone's home and there's children, definitely get the kids involved because they're let the children come unto me. Jesus says that, you know, children are super important and not to be overlooked in your when you're attempting to like share this biblical truth, not just with Eduardo, but with the whole family. I just had an idea. You tell me if this is plausible. How old is your eldest son? 17. If Eduardo has a 15, 16, 17 year old son, maybe your son could study with his son. Well, that's interesting that you say that we actually have a uh, Bible study group for boys at the house at our house every other week for all of my son's friends. And they all just come over and, and have a a Bible study each night. And that's really organic. And it just, they basically come and just say, uh, we asked them the week before, like, what do you want to know? And the next week we go over that topic. Now don't miss this important point here, listeners. What you're effectively doing there is you are training your kids to give studies and you are teaching them how to show up to somebody's house and be polite, how to show up and present Jesus in an acceptable fashion to somebody who doesn't know him. This is, this is important training that we are getting into their minds at a young age that I personally didn't have. Blake, I don't know if you did, but I didn't have a parent who was going to other people's houses and presenting the Bible, no. the three angels' messages to other people. Yeah, no, it's, it's really important. Like, uh, train up a, a child in the way they should go, and when they're old, they shall not depart from it. So Awesome. Yeah, very good point. Now, we've got to know our audience. We need, to, we need to know who they are, what they're like, if they've got any hobbies. If they're, if they're a human being, genu- generally, they're going to enjoy joy and, and laughter. And laughter, absolutely. Like, um, but I just, want to, I just want to say this on a little side note, parenthetical note here. I've got my little hands up. Big, big word. Hmm. Um, you want to be careful not to sacrifice um, holiness for laughter, basically. Like, be funny, be exciting, be, uh, be positive and encouraging, but like not at the expense of talking about crude or rude or things that are not uplifting to the soul or yeah. things that are not good. And I, like, we... I don't know about everyone, but like I get caught up in that all the time. Like when people are cracking a joke about something or saying something like I want to jump right in there and say something funny and I have to sometimes go, ooh, hold your horses. 
that's not the direction we need to go. And I, I really honestly feel like the Holy Spirit says, hey, zip it, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I like what you said there. It is important to not make it a sad and somber occasion. But uh, we, need to, we need to have fun. There is, there is some humor in Scripture. But at the same time, not to completely make it crass and void of anything holy and pure. Yeah, it, it's important to remember what you're actually there for. And, and really, that really, as, as Seventh-day Adventists, as Christians, we, you need to be conscious of your conversations like all the time. Like if, mm-hmm. if, if, if that's an issue, and I, the only reason I say that is that is an issue with me. Like I, before I, I became an Adventist, I had a filthy mouth and I still struggle with that years later. Like I, I constantly am praying about that and trying to work on that. And it's better for sure because I believe like God is helping me with that. But every now and then that that old fleshly man comes back and I want to drop like a, a, an inappropriate joke or something and I realize how oh, hold your horses, you know. Now understand that you might be going into an environment here where Eduardo is a one-eyed peg-legged sailor. And he, and he might have a bit of a potty mouth himself. I think we actually met that guy in Solomon Islands. We may have. <laughs> Do you remember him? No. The guy who had diabetes in um, in Atawifi. Yes. Yes. He was a one-eyed, peg-legged sailor. It is true. This is not a made-up thing. This, this is a real guy. This is very true. Okay. Keep going. Good sidetrack there. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so what, what do they do for a job? What do they do for a hobby? You need to know your audience so that you can relate to them at their level. Yeah. Recreational activity. I mean, Ellen White talks about this in the book of education, like recre- recreational activity is such an amazing way um, to reach people. It, it, when she's talking about with reaching kids, but like it works for all, everyone. Like if you're out, hey, hey, you like rock climbing? I like rock climbing too. Um, you like going surfing? Awesome. Let's go together. And then when you do that, you can create those relationships to talk about stuff and that can lead into Bible study topics. Awesome. Let me drop this one on you. I love this quote. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. I know you've heard it before, but it's such a good quote. Can you say it to me again? I will. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. I love that quote. Can we put who actually quoted that in the show notes? If we can find it. Okay. Google it. Google it. Now, I want to talk about one thing about knowing your audience. You need to have some cultural sensitivity, like the Bible study and the relationships and the connections that you're going to make with a Jewish family are going to be very, very, very different with the relationships um, and the connections that you're going to make with an atheist family. Perfect. I'm glad you brought it up. Let me take you to a point in time where you can, rather than let's, rather than being philosophical about this, let's go to a specific point in time where you spoke to somebody who had another cultural background. We were in a mission house in Papua New Guinea in Mount Hagen. My, I'm, I'm racking my brain. I remember this. It was a bunkhouse, and there was a tall, skinny dude in the bunkhouse who was not an Adventist. Oh, yeah. You just... <laughs> Do you remember mind his, explosion. Do you remember his name? <sighs> I can't remember his That's name. That's so rude. It is rude. Sorry, man, if you're listening. But it's, it was a long time ago. Okay. Tell us the story. Take us there. We've got time. <laughs> you just... Well, man, that was crazy. Like, we just walked in, and for some reason, this guy was, like, traveling the world, just trying to 
trying to find meaning and purpose in life. I believe he was a Jew, secular, but a secular Jew. Indeed. Um, and he was like, he was staying at this mission field that was like, um, I can't remember what the exact reason he was staying there. I think it was because it was the cheapest accommodation he could find in Papua New Guinea. And That's he was going correct. on the Kokoda Trail. And he had just come back and he was like telling us all of his adventures. And then he was like, so what are you guys doing here? And like, well, Kyle and I, we're, we're on a mission trip. We're building a health clinic in this really remote place. And he was like, why would you do that? <laughs> why would you fuss? Yeah. He even laughed. He was like, he what laughed. are you doing? Like, like, that is bonkers. Why? Why? And then, well, we're Seventh Adventists. And like, well, what is that? What is a Seventh Adventist? And, and it just opened up a huge door of conversations that just went, it just went wild. Now, I'm going to get you to do, I want you to open the medium-sized door and we're going to finish on this story. We're going to pick up in part two, but unpack this for us. How did you relate to him as an Adventist and him being brought up Jewish from young age and then leaving at mid-teens or whenever it was? I just want you to unpack some of those conversations and how it was you were able to relate to him. Well, because you faithfully read your Mark Finlay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, I would say, I, I would give a little bit of credit to Mark Finley, but most, like, all the credit really goes to the Holy Spirit. I didn't really know what to say, but we just started up this conversation and God was just feeding me more and more information into that conversation. And what it was, I found the common ground. Even though he was on a totally different journey, totally different time in his life um what we what we had in common was i had been in that same place before in my life personally like when i was kind of searching for meaning and searching for truth in my life and i really questioned him like so why do you believe what you believe and like most of it was cultural because he was raised in a jewish household and now he didn't really believe in god but he still had these jewish um, connections because of his family. And one of the things that was a real big topic was Sabbath. You know, he knew that the Sabbath was the seventh day of the week, Saturday. And we had that connection and he was like, why do you keep that? And well, okay, well we keep that because that's what Jesus kept, you know, and, and like nowhere in the Bible does it say to not, uh, keep the Sabbath day holy. Mm-hmm. And so when he heard that, he was like, Oh, I thought that, like once Jesus came, you know, everything was changed. And we were like, well, it doesn't really say that. And, and they're like, and then he said, this was the key. He said, well, why do you like, why do you even believe the Bible? And we said, well, it's actually the reason I believe in the Bible is from the book, Daniel, Daniel chapter two. And he was like, oh, from the, like, he knew it from like the Torah or something. Like he was crazy. He actually knew a bunch of verses from the Bible and so we just kind of talked about Daniel 2 and what they meant prophetically about the kingdoms one after another and how uh, God revealed the future to Daniel and to King Nebuchadnezzar through Daniel 2 and how it all came true and how because of that and many other prophecies in the Bible and we talked about the messianic prophecies of when Jesus would come and and we did it was kind of intense because this is the only time we were ever going to see this guy. And so we had a pretty intense Bible. It was like two hour Bible study, three hour Bible study, but he was into it. Hmm. Like I wouldn't suggest to normally do that. Like you want to keep your Bible studies like 20 to 30 minutes at max. But he was like, 
I want it all. I want it, I want everything. Tell me everything. A little bit like Roger Morneau when he was first getting into it. Absolutely. Wanted it all in one night. Yeah. What, yeah. Roger Morneau is my hero. I love that guy so much. His his devotion to prayer and and his his story, Trip in the Supernatural, which is available at Better Books and Food. Good plug. Is an amazing one of my favorite books in the whole world. But anyway, this guy. You, I didn't even think about this story until you just brought it back up, but it just really it just blows my mind like how if you create that connection and you just start talking like and, and then people say, why do you do what you do? Well, this is why we do what we do because we're Seventh-day Adventist Christians and the Bible uh, is God's word and it, it calls us to be disciples and, and missionaries and evangelists to the world. So evangelists in our world, and meaning maybe you can't go and reach every single person on the planet, but you can reach everyone in your world, in your sphere of influence. And everyone that, that comes across in your life is someone that God has placed in your life for a particular specific reason. And you don't want to miss those opportunities. So anyway, we ever, we never actually saw this guy again. Um, I think we gave email addresses, but he went off, I think, rafting down some wild rapid in he, Papua New Guinea. And he definitely lost your email address in the rapids. Yeah, I, th- I think so. I've never heard from him again. But hopefully, um, through those Bible studies, God planted a seed. And I, I pray that one day we will see him in the kingdom of heaven. Awesome story. We're going to leave it there. We're going to come back in part two. We're going to discuss the last few points on how to give a Bible study. And uh, that was awesome. Yeah, it was. Some, some good tangents there. Sorry, I always I always sidetrack Kyle. Like that's really what the show is about is Kyle trying to keep me back on track. Mm. And you're doing a good job. If this is something you like as listeners, let us know. If it's not, just tell us too. <laughs> Say just be quiet, Blake. We'll just cut Blake out of the uh, chat altogether. <laughs> so we're gonna wrap it up there. So check out all the show notes for all of those uh, links, resources, websites. Uh, there's a heap of stuff in that one. It's going to be long show notes. And be sure to come back for part two because I've got another awesome story I want to tell you. And I think Kyle has a really cool story as well about some Bible study things that have happened. We're going to share some some stories about Bible studies in our own life and um, what are some pros and cons of things to do and things that work and things that don't work. For sure. So if this is a topic that you want more training on, let us know. We can unpack any one of these points a lot further. We can get some people that are actually qualified to speak about them in and they can talk about them too. Thanks, guys. Adventist on fire. Go Ye, a strategic board game that's more Adventist than Doug Batchelor eating haystacks on Sabbath. In Go Ye, players spread the gospel by investing in spiritual gifts, mission trips, and church organizational growth while planting churches across a custom world map of 58 conferences and 10 divisions. The goal is to have the most TMI before the second coming. But will the GC president, the missionary, or the adventurepreneur get the biggest crown? Go ye to aofire.org to register your interest.